talking of academia um what what are the skills what are what is the good side of it like what are the skills that that people are generally using to their careers now and maybe you could talk about how you how academia has helped you at where you are right now and the things that you're pursuing in terms of science communication mm-hmm. yeah um so i think like i mentioned briefly when i was talking about my journey mm-hmm. when i was saying um once i kind of had recovered from my eating disorder in the middle of my phd and i had realized that the phd is a great opportunity to develop all sorts of skills that are transferable. Mm. I think the biggest thing that I really appreciate from my time was the opportunity to be a mentor mm-hmm. and to gain really invaluable leadership skills, project management skills. Um, I was lucky enough to be doing my PhD at a really well-known uh, university that had a lot of students that were interested in either pursuing research themselves or going to medical school. Hmm. And, you know, in the U.S., along with doing, you know, the MCAT, medical school applications require all sorts of um, prerequisites, uh, one of them being research experience or clinical experience working in a hospital and things like that. Hmm. Um, So when I was kind of getting started with my projects or actually about a year in, I realized that if I wanted to achieve the results I wanted to achieve and in a timely manner, Mm. I needed extra help. I needed the help of students. Mm. Um, And so for me, it was actually uh, once I recruited students, they were not only helping me, um, but I was also helping them in uh, getting their uh, research experience. And um, they were helping me get my projects done uh, Mm. in a more timely manner. Um, But I just felt with all of my students, Mm. I just felt like it was a really great opportunity to practice teaching, Mm -hmm. to practice being a good listener, Mm. to practice being a good teacher. um, Because I think something that we all, a lot of us lack um, as a society is being good listeners, being, and being good teachers. Because oftentimes, um, we often blame the students or the someone or someone we are teaching something to for not understanding something mm. when a lot of the times it's actually the person who was mm-hmm. teaching them. Yeah. Um, that's, it kind of goes back to your earlier comment about making sure we have mm-hmm. really great teachers um, in the system. Mm. But I think we also need to be aware of the fact that, um, you know, we need to develop those teaching skills Mm -hmm. and find whatever opportunities they are there are to develop them Mm -hmm. and not overlook those type of activities as being less than research or being less than something else um it's an invaluable skill and so i think over the course of my phd training i ended up mentoring over 20 students Mm -hmm. um at various levels of um uh undergraduate education and also at different as i progressed in my PhD. Mm. Um, and it was also really nice to see them kind of interact with each other and develop friendships that they otherwise would not have had if it had not been for that research experience in the lab. Mm. So it was really nice to see that. Um, but along with that project management, uh, experience, um, I, I think I mentioned earlier, I was able to practice a lot more, uh, scientific writing, in the beginning, it was technical in the sense that I was working on um, my first 
paper. Mm-hmm. Um, but that opportunity allowed me to also understand how to, you know, write the paper in a way that number one tells the story that we're trying to tell with the data mm-hmm. um, and also not make it so technical that even your colleague, you know, is not going to understand it. Um, so I think even when we write scientific papers, one thing that we need to be aware of is, you know, are we using, can we write this in a way that is more effective? And that is something that I definitely learned, um, you know, in that period when I was writing that paper. Mm. Um, also the experience to uh, make presentations. This is an absolutely critical skill because <laughs> I don't know if you've experienced this in academia, but mm. there have been so many instances where I've been in classes, I've been at seminars, I've been at lab meetings where the person presenting mm. has no clue as to how they are presenting Mm-hmm. And how to engage the audience, how again to be effective in their communication. Mm. And it has led to seminars that go on for hours and hours and hours. Boring. Seminars. Boring, exactly. And, you know, it's very, very unfortunate because, you know, as scientists, we should be able to, you know, we understand our data, but we should be able to make whoever we are speaking about our data to interested in it as much as we are um so you know going back to the skill set and developing those skills when i was in my phd um there was an opportunity for me to present my data but i had only 15 minutes to present my data mm-hmm. and um i was like one of the last people to present that day it was a seminar mm-hmm. um conference um and obviously i had taken some time to practice in the mm-hmm. week mm-hmm. um but of course like i think most of us we are always trying to add like the last bit of data right yeah. before the day mm-hmm. we present so we're always working on it mm-hmm. um but uh you know all of the colleague all of my colleagues that were presenting every single one of them went over time You know, even if just by a minute, I was checking, you know, the moderator was just telling them time, 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 mm. you're over, you're over. Mm. And I was like, let me see if I can meet this. Let me see if I can hit the mark. Mm-hmm. And, you know, luckily, luckily for me, I hit the mark and the moderator was just like stunned, just like, wow, we have a person that listens to, t- yeah, who listened to the requirements and didn't go over time and got all of the information they wanted to get out. Mm. And I think once that happened with me, I realized, wow, you know, if this is something that a lot of scientists are weak in, maybe mm. this is something I can further develop and, you know, be confident in and try to exploit in other career opportunities, which is something that I'm really excited as a you know, now as a communicate, someone in scientific communications, um, something that I'm really excited to be able to do. Mm. Um, because not only is it a challenge, it's something that is necessary. Um, you know, going back to like social media and the digital age, mm. our attention spans are as short as ever. Yes. You know, unfortunately, um, nobody wants to sit down and read a long book or nobody wants to, you know, sit at a meeting for more than 10 minutes. Um, yet it happens. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think if we get better and better at communicating and effectively communicating our points in a direct way in which people understand, mm-hmm. I think the better we will be able to engage our audience in this era, so to speak. Um, so those I would say, um, let's see, 
um, mentoring, project mm -hmm. management, mm -hmm. um, scientific writing, both technical and now in my current yeah, and, and, uh, and third uh, oral um, skills, public speaking and effective presentations. Mm -hmm. I think those are the three like most critical skills I developed. And it's funny how those three skills, again, they're transferable and they have nothing to do with um, learning a specific protocol for an experiment. Um, you know, when I think back, like, even if it's something as simple as immunohistochemistry or working a microscope or, you know, using the flow cytometry um, apparatus, um, I would say that those skills are good, but um, I think prioritizing, you know, your public speaking skills, your writing skills, your management skills are going to be so much better for if you are thinking of a career outside of academia. Thanks. Thanks for saying that. And talking about that um, presentation, I just wanted to, I don't know, add a comment. Um, was it yesterday? When is today? <laughs> April 14th. Oh, it was yesterday. There was this um, competition where you were supposed to do a three-minute speech at... Um, where I am, and uh, it's something that I think people have been thinking about, but started working on it lately, like I think for the past one week or something, or days or hours before the presentation. And uh, you're supposed to make your language as simple as possible because it's a vast mm -hmm. audience, because the judges are from different backgrounds. Um you're supposed to make them understand your research, understand the impact of what your research is going to do, all these things in three minutes. And you, you're supposed to have a one slide. It's not like mm -hmm. kind of a poster, but not a poster. <laughs> I don't know how <laughs> to say that. Um, and it's online. And you have to look at the camera and you have to express yourself. You have to be creative. Some people are bringing ticks uh, to to the <laughs> presentation. Some are bringing milk, uh, depending on, you know, what people are really trying. And, you know, for this, it's, it's a competition and you're given a prize of, for the people who win. And I mm. found it very interesting. And as a self proclaimed science communicator i was very i was so much under pressure in my head like no one was pressuring me but i was pressuring myself like okay if i cannot communicate my research then how how again am i a science communicator like it doesn't mm -hmm. make sense um and the one one of the reasons i had so much pressure about it is because for the past one year I have been presenting maybe in school or in seminars in, in, in my institution or in the lab meetings. And at the end of the presentation or maybe in a cup dev report meeting, at the end of the presentation, there's so much silence and mm -hmm. like, it's like you're wondering, okay, was I clear? Was my research boring? Um, was I understood? Is it complicated? Did I not com uncomplicate it? Like you just trust. And I remember mm -hmm. every single 
meeting, I always felt that way. I always felt like the only person who understands my research is my supervisor. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes I would feel so misunderstood and it used to stress me a lot. It used to stress me a lot. I, I can tell you that. But yesterday after... You know, after practicing with my lab members and you were telling me, say this, uh, say this, I wasn't as confident. I was like, I wouldn't say that. Like, if I was to explain to you what I'm doing currently, I would use a very different approach from what I used in that presentation. But there's that formal setting thing that we have in our heads, like... It's the same way. If I was to write a blog about my research, it would be a very different approach and you still understand. But if I'm to write a manuscript about the same research, I'll have to use this complicated word so that it can sound scientific. Mm -hmm. Right. Or if I present my work in school, I have to use this big word so that I look serious. But if I'm... Mm -hmm. I've, I'm on a date and someone just happens to ask me what I'm doing. I explain them in the simplest terms and they just, they're not in science, but they understand what I actually said mm -hmm. because of the, you know, the, the informal setup and the formal setup that is killing our creativity and how we can communicate, communicate the science. So what happened when, um, I, I was in, you know, trying to practice, one of the lab members said something that I don't know if, they know that it made me, I don't know, f f I had a relief. I was like, finally, they understood what I was, I've been saying all this time, you know. Mm -hmm. They were like, it's been one year and I've never understood <laughs> what your research is about until this three minutes mm -hmm. practice and I've seen, right. oh, this is actually what you mean. This is what, even I, even people called me, they're like, oh, okay, so this is what you do with your transposons because they've been telling me, someone always says, oh, you and your transposons. But they don't, really don't understand what I'm doing with those transposons mm -hmm. until, right. I, as much as I felt like I didn't get the response that I was hoping for, I felt like people called me and I asked them, well, did you understand what I said? And they were like, yeah, you're trying to do this and this. And uh, I don't know, it's not there, but I was felt so much relief. Like it's a weight off my chest. Like suddenly, mm. someone finally understands. And it's not for me, it's not like winning the prize. It's I need people to understand what yes. we're doing. And if I can't do it f from my end, then what am I doing? Like, right. you know, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I don't know why. I mean, maybe it stems from the whole traditionalist view in academia, but for some reason there, like you said, there's this pressure for us to always use the biggest, you know, words and, you know, the most technical jargon whenever we speak to colleagues. But, you know, I've found that when I do that, sometimes I'm sitting there trying to memorize what these words are, how to use them properly, because, you know, what if I say it wrong and I don't understand what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. But I think the most effective thing we can do, and I wish, I hope one day we kind of gravitate towards that, even in academia, is mm. this prioritization on trying to communicate what you're doing in, in easy to follow words in a way that you're not going on and on about the research, but you're able to effectively communicate it in a specific amount of time. Mm. Um, I don't know if this will happen in the near future. Maybe the next generation of professors, um, you know, will kind of steer us in that direction. Yeah. Um, but it is something that is unfortunately we are dealing with. And I think 
that also impedes us as scientists to be able to practice communicating our work to a general audience. Mm -hmm. Um, I think there is an issue in the sense that when it comes to education, we do need to bring up society to understand the most basic of terms. You know, when it comes to cancer, it is it is critical to understand what the word metastases is or, you know, tumor mm-hmm. or progression-free survival. You know, those are terms I think if our society has a general understanding of can mm. make it easier to communicate communicate even more information. Yeah. I think we have this issue where we have really intelligent, technically educated individuals in academia mm. and then we have people in society who you know, checked out of sixth grade biology and have never looked at it since. Mm. And which is a problem because I'm not interested at all. Right. And so that makes it difficult to communicate. And I think, you know, us scientific communicators are, are starting to tackle that issue and are trying to make, you know, at least progress towards a bridging of these two groups. Mm. Um, You know, but I think we are going to be doing great work. We are doing great work. And I think now that we are, understanding that there's a need for that is um overall we are going in the right direction um but i'm gl- i'm glad you brought that up so <laughs> well i like that you men- mentioned that like um the part where the past people we are communicating to there's that huge gap that sometimes as much as we're trying to make sense simple it's harder when you have to explain every single word like gene immune yeah. response um, you know um, yes it, anyway I, i've never thought about that that way yeah um it's actually funny because i remember i was working on um a psychom project mm. and i was sharing it with people who who have a college education but they're not biologists mm-hmm. And even though I thought I was explaining it, dumbing down a paper, um, they were still saying, oh, I don't know if I get this. And when I was looking at it, I was seeing, you know, I was trying to use the most basic of words, but also not dumbing it down so much that it sounded very ridiculous. I mean, you can say cancer, but, or you can say tumor, but then if you say really bad clump of cells, that just sounds very, very uh, bizarre. Mm. So it's almost... We have to find a way, maybe it goes back to early education and really prioritizing the importance of certain vocabulary in science and a a number of subjects even, Mm -hmm. um, so that we have a a group of people who, even if they're not biologists, know what these words are so that we can effectively communicate even more information about these things. 